Hey, what's up, guys? Just got done hanging out with Pablo, man. Let me tell you, this dude, I, I can't tell you, it's been a long time since I laughed and joked with a motherfucker like I did with him. This dude is just crazy as hell, and I love everything about him. You know, uh, I don't know how Pablo and I connected, but somehow we keep finding ourselves in these crazy-ass Zoom conversations and talking about everything from networking to fucking NFTs. I mean, it is a damn good conversation. You should totally be hanging out and listening to his shows and diving into his world. And look, if you really want to go big, he's the guy you need to be listening to. He knows his shit and he's inspiring as hell. So, so come hang out with Pablo. It'll be a good damn time. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks... Every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you, and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Welcome back to the Chief Executive Connector podcast. <laughs> I am Pablo. You Gonzalez. nailed that, Pablo. Yeah, You're a chief executive connector. Today, I got somebody I've been dying to catch up with, man. Super pumped to have him on the show. Just, you know, just your average 20 year sales guy that got tired of making everybody else wealthy, started a business, ran it into the ground, found podcasting, learned a couple things, turned the company success champions around. Now he's running the success champions Facebook group podcasts, virtual networking groups, magazine, and the Badass Business Summit, where he helps businesses grow through referrals and badass collaboration. If you ask me, I just read that shit, but he's really just a rum-drinking wild man with a brilliant business mind, a generous generous heart, and a phenomenal sense of humor. Please welcome Donnie Bovin. How you doing, man? Good, Pablo, man. I, you know what? When this popped up on my calendar today, I don't remember how long back we scheduled this fucking thing. But I'm like, dude, I love talking to Pablo. You're just a good dude, man. And we geek out on a lot of similar shit, so it's kind of fun. Right yeah. back at you, Bubba. I, I feel like I feel like we scheduled this like two years ago. <laughs> it feels that way for sure. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, but can you do my podcast intros for me all the time? Not not the good part that you read, the shit you fumbled on the beginning of this. That, that would be great for my chief show. <laughs> chief Executive Connector. All right. Happy, I'm happy to fuck up your podcast, bro. Don't Thanks, worry about buddy. It. I appreciate that. Um, Donnie, man, I, I told you this two seconds ago, full disclosure, but I start off my podcast. It's all about human connection. And I, and I want our friend that's listening in his ear right now to to see you as a human being when I paint you as this like Greek God. So I, I think that the quickest way to make that happen is to, to share a vulnerability. Cause we're going to share a ton of value in a second, man. So what are you, what are you struggling with right now? 
Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And, and this isn't, a, a, I'm not trying to promote it, but we, we have a new podcast coming out. And the reason I bring that up is totally is we've got a 13 person team behind this podcast. So I've got YouTube specialists, blog writers, SEO folks, graphic designers, audio engineers, video engineers. I mean, it is a massive amount of people. And I've never personally coordinated this many people, this many fucking personalities and systems. I, I'll be honest, there, there's times I'm sliding into bed at night mentally fucking whooped because it's trying to put a schedule together, you know, making sure this thing happens and this thing happens and this thing happens and, and, you know, all the way through it. And I've done some big ass events. I mean, we did summits and everything else, but for some reason this one, because there's so many moving parts, it's going, well, this has to happen. And then that triggers this, then that triggers this. And then that triggers this. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. So to go from production to show, 22 day gap from recorded session to, and if any one of those steps has a hiccup, it fucks up the whole thing down the line. So, so we're, we've preloaded to try and help with this, right? Yep. You know, so we've got several shows ahead of this, but there's so many portions of this where we've had to get an expert that like really knew their shit on YouTube and, you know, SEO and, and graphic design and everything. So we got it right that it's the first time I've had to completely let go and trust that they know what the fuck they're doing, mm. right? That this is their baby. This is their thing. Yeah. So it's, it's really wild from a CEO standpoint to be able to let them geek out fully on what they geek out on while I push my internal team, you know, Kevin Snow, my director of operations, I'm pushing him to his max and he's had to get out of his comfort zone to help us manage and coordinate all this. So it's been a fantastic exercise on what this will continue to look like in the future as we continue to expand and grow. So we're right in the middle of it. I'm going to ask you two things. What do you, what do you like about that? And what do you fucking hate about that? I like the chaos of it. And, and as crazy as that sounds, I've learned from my business, if there's no chaos, that I'm sitting too comfortable. And I've learned on the end of chaos is usually something pretty badass. So, so the idea that there's a lot of shit we just don't fucking know. Our country company motto on the inside is let's go break some shit. And that's just how we operate. So, so that's fun going through it. What I don't like, and it's always the things that sometimes seems to kick my ass, is, is the unknown, right? You, you know, you have a, I have a lot of theories. The team has a lot of theories. We think, you know, we've, we've done a lot of research on this is a content that our people are looking for and everything else. But everything's a guess until we get it out there and really start, you know, putting the content out and letting the masses, you know, start guiding us on whether we got it right or not. You know, so that unknown I'm, I'm enjoying the build i'm learning to try and enjoy the what the fuck are we gonna learn out there from all the guesses we make if that makes sense yeah man are you where do you rate yourself on the receiving feedback scale like do you oh i fucking suck at it <laughs> <laughs> so i i have to set the stage like i, I i'm uncoachable I 100% know this, right? If some motherfucker typically wants to sit down and they're like, Donnie, let, let's, let's do a coaching session. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I learn by osmosis. 
right? So, so people have learned around me, don't tell me what to do. Give me suggestions, give me options, yeah. right? And, and people were like, hey, if you thought about going this direction, I'm like, fuck, that's brilliant. But if you look at me and say, go this direction, I'm like, fuck you, don't tell me what to do. You know, and that's just how I'm wired. Yeah, me too. I'm the same way. That's that's kind of where I was going with it. Man, how do you, you, I identify a lot with, with you, right? Like your rate of speech, the how much you cuss, how creative you are, like all these different things. Like, do you like the small stuff, man? Like, do you enjoy, do you enjoy the, all right, well, we have this breakage point. Let me go make sure that this breakage point is not happening. Like, do, no. do you like checking in on stuff, man? How do you talk yourself into doing it? I talk others into doing this. Okay. So, so anytime something goes south, so like for our networking groups, I just got an email from one of my presidents. They're like, Hey, do you have a brochure or pamphlet that somebody could take to their boss and show them this? And we don't, right? Because we've we focused on the website. We focused on business owners, but we hadn't focused on the salespeople. One of the chapters is a salesperson that wants to join and they got to go back and convince somebody else. Well, now they're in corporate America. Well, in corporate America, you don't cuss. And on my website, it literally says, you can't do epic shit with basic people. I mean, that's the header of yeah. my freaking podcast, of, of the website. And so I'm like, fuck, you know, it's not our ideal avatar. You know, I'm not going to go create this fucking flyer. So now I got to go to the team and go, okay, de-donify, you know, take the Donnie version out of this, make this corporate friendly and let's get them something out there. I'm not going to sit there and create a freaking, you know, thing. So, so I'll recognize what the moment is. Usually somebody else will bring it to my attention. Sometimes I'll see it, but, and then I'm going to find somebody else to go, go make that magic happen. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, kind of, man. You know, like I, I, I think you're at a moment right now where you have a team that you can do it. I, I guess I guess the micro moment is the somebody makes it happen or doesn't make it happen. I struggle the most on quality control, right? Like, and at a certain level as a boss, I need to quality control something, right? Like I, like I know that I've got somebody looking over somebody else, but at a certain moment I need to dive in and like listen to a sales call or go look at a piece of content and be like, I don't think so. I I, I don't think that that's a, that's a thing you should be doing. Yeah, well, I mean, here's here's what I think. I've learned with my team that I've got to get people that geek out on what they do, right? So, so like Kevin Snow, I'll keep bragging on him. That motherfucker is a sales automation tactician. Like that dude just geeks the fuck out on it. And it's not sales funnels. I mean, yes, that's a portion of it, but it's your entire sales process. Just every moment of that, right? So, so for me, I know he geeks out on it. I see the results, right? I'll track the results. I'm not looking over his shoulder to see what's fucking working or not working. I trust that he's going to do. And if he doesn't perform, I see it in the end. And then it's not my job to go into his world and go, okay, dude, we're not getting the ROI. We're not getting results. We're not figuring it out. You know, let's dive into it and figure it out. No, no, no. I go to Kevin and go, all right, fucker. You know, because that's how we talk in our company. You know, this is your toy. This is your baby. You built this fucking thing. This section's not working. What do we do? And every time he almost is ready for me to be there, something, something breaks. And if I come to the table, he's like, all right, 
this broke. Here's what happened. Here's a fix. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to move forward. And I do that with my writers and everything else. If something's not working, we get feedback. Not my job to figure out why it broke. It's my job to let them fucking geek out on what they do. So what's, so what's the feedback that tells you that it's broke that makes you want to go up and talk to them about it? Usually it's some sort of outside influence. Internally, we may see some things break here and there, like an obvious one, you know, an automation fails. Like somebody wants to join a, ch- a chapter and they didn't get an email, hit a spam filter or something like that. We'll catch that kind of stuff. But a lot of times it's like the email I received, right? That they need a brochure for a salesperson inside of a corporate company. I'm like, fuck, we didn't even think about, you know, salespeople joining these groups it just weren't who we were targeting. Yeah. So now that's a thing. So it's, it's oftentimes, and because I, I think I give them such autonomy to geek out in their world. Oftentimes they're fixing shit that I didn't even know was broke. Yeah. And I find out about later to like, yeah, so this fucked up, but here's what I did to fix it. I'm like, oh, fucking rad. Because they, now I will also say all the, my team are 1099s. They run their own businesses outside of mine. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to sit over their shoulder. Yeah. I want them to geek out. That's why we have so many people on the podcast team. Because every person has a skill set. I don't want generalists in my company. I want people that freaking geek out on what they geek out on and then let them go do what they're best at. I'm into it, man. So what do you geek out on? So for me, this. Put me out front, coach. You know, get me on stages, get me in front of people. But and this and give me the one-on-one. Give me somebody who's lost in fucking life. And if I got time, you give me freaking 60 minutes with that some person, sometimes 30, and I will unfuck their world and point them in a direction, right? Uh, Because most people know what the fuck they want to do. They're just waiting for somebody else to come along the way and let them know it's okay to fucking do that thing. Right. So, so for me, that's a lot of fun to, to have those conversations. And, you know, the other things I geek out on is I, I love opening doors for other people. I mean, literally, I was talking to a CEO of a major company out of Maryland, and they're like, man, we suck at finding a CFO for our company. I mean, we just can't find that right person. I'm like, well, who the fuck are you talking to? And they're like, well, we've tried a couple of recruiters. I said, oh, do you are you into the recruiter thing? Can I make an introduction? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hold on. And why they're on a Zoom screen, I'm grabbing my phone, calling a friend of mine saying, hey, I got a company looking for a recruiter. They're like, hold on. I sent them the Zoom link, bring that recruiter onto the freaking call, interrupt our call, bring them in, let them talk. And within five seconds, they already worked out an agreement and deal with me sitting there, which is fucking awesome. And now they're doing business together. And this person's going to go help them find a CFO, right? To me, that's magic, right? You know who who's looking for who, and you make that introduction. I love that shit, you know. And I've I've built everything I've built on the back of that man of opening doors for others. Let's go to how you build things, man. So the the intro that I wrote, you started a business, ran it to the ground. What what were you doing wrong? Like what were you what were you trying to build there? What'd you run into the ground, and how, when did it start changing? Yeah, I love this question. So and, and it's because it's. Not a lot of people tell about share their fuck up stories, right? And I love sharing it. So I spent 20 years as a sales guy. And and so when I launched the business, I had the audacity to believe that just being a good sales guy was going to lead itself to being a badass business owner, a badass CEO of a company. 
What I didn't understand is I got 20 years of being a fucking employee and had no idea how to be a CEO. So I early on created a really shitty job for myself. Because if because anybody running a business knows that there's no such thing as an eight to five. There's no such thing as weekends off. There's no such thing as work-life balance. You're in it. And so as a sales guy, I could always hit my numbers, do everything I want, and take Friday afternoon off, go drinking, golf, whatever bullshit's out there, and quote unquote network, right? You know, and really you're just fucking off getting to the weekend. And, you know, at the running a business, that's not a thing. And it was fascinating. And I I didn't realize that I had created a a job for myself and not a company. I was sitting across from a buddy of mine and I was, I was bitching and moaning about the company and the lack of performance. And I, I couldn't get the company to turn the fucking corner. And he started laughing at me. I'm like, dude, I'm pouring my heart out and you're fucking laughing at me. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm starting to get a little agitated with you. Right. And this is a good buddy of mine. And he's like, dude, look at what you just told me. Everything you're doing with your company. He's like, rattle it off again. So I did. And I was like, I'm doing outreach. I'm doing accounting. I'm doing operations. I'm doing delivery. I'm trying to sell. I'm doing all this shit. He goes, motherfucker, you don't have a job. You don't have a company. You have an underpaying fucking underperforming job. If you worked for me right now, I'd fire your ass. I'm like, oh. He goes, it's real simple, dude. If you're the only person in your company that can do it, you're not scalable. And I went. Fuck. And I realized at that moment, my entire career was set on, I go sell something. Somebody else took care of it, right? They, they did the operational side of things, the delivery, the counting, the billing, the chasing down the dollars if need be. All that shit was handled by somebody else. Here I was playing Superman, doing all that shit on my own and was doing nothing but digging a hole for myself because I was spending so much time on the backside of my company being a CEO, making sure everything gets done, but I'm the only person that can get it done. So I'm my own boss and not a good one that I wasn't out actively growing the business so I could get the shit off my plate, outsource the things I sucked at and, and bring people into the company. And, and that's where I always tell people that podcasting saved my business because it's what ultimately taught me how to outsource. It's what taught me to put systems in play. It's what taught me to find people that geek out on what they geek out on. And it got things off my plate so I could go do what I was good at, which is put me out front. And, and the fascinating thing behind it was I learned more in the first four months of running that podcast than I had done the six months prior to running my business because I was bringing on guests on the show and I was having these amazing conversations with some amazing people around the world. It couldn't be a shit show. And I had to actually look like I know what I was doing. And, you know, I I edited like the first five or 10 episodes of my podcast. I'm like, okay, this fucking sucks. I'm not doing that shit anymore. So that was my first outsource was a guy to start doing all the editing on the podcast. And then, you know, I handed him the, that, that editing and I'm like, here you go. That's now yours. And the first episode he edited came out and I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) This is, this is a pile of shit. He goes, well, you didn't give me any direction. You didn't tell me what to do. I'm like, this is your thing. You're supposed to be an expert in that. And that's what I realized that, you know, to find success in this world, he geeked out on what he did and he he ended up doing some amazing work for me. 
but I had to tell him what the hell the end result was that I wanted him to accomplish. You know, I had to, t- and we, then we had to figure out a system that, that worked and, you know, it just did so many amazing things for me that that moment of time of trying to figure out how to run a business and launching a podcast is what helped me actually become a CEO, you know, and, and figure this all out. It was, it was a cool moment of time, but I had to get to a pretty fucking dark place to be able to turn that corner. <laughs> Interesting, man. Okay. So I, there's a couple things. Real quick, what was the business? What were you selling at that point? So I was under an international non-compete. Okay. So up to before I launched my company, I worked for an organization called Sandler Training. Amazing sales training company. I've always appreciated them, love what they teach. And if your company doesn't have a sales system, amazing organization to go check out. But since I was under a non-compete with those guys, I couldn't talk about sales, sales training, sales management, anything. But that's all I knew. So I came out the gate as a bump, a success coach. I still to this day don't know what a fucking success coach is, but that was what I gave myself and deemed myself as that's that's my company. And it's funny if you go back to 2017 as I'm trying to build this thing and put it together. A success coach was building websites, was doing graphic design, was fucking, you know, doing anything I could possibly do to bring revenue in because I didn't know how to do anything but talk about sales. But I couldn't talk about sales. So it was this weird combination of I was doing marketing stuff, life coaching stuff, which I'm not the guy to be your life coach. You don't want me to be your life coach because I'm just going to tell you you're a fucking idiot. Pull your head out of your ass and just go. That's the only way you figure things out anyways. You know, so so it was it was a weird moment of time. And luckily for me, I was able to hold on through the crap. Non-compete came up and I was able to actually start building a real business. How do you sell success coach when you don't believe you're a success coach? You sell a lot of marketing and other things. <laughs> that's that's really what happened and because I can't dupe anybody. I can't just pull one over on anybody. I was in a, a, a series of buying every course I could get my hands on, doing all the things that they said to do to run a successful coaching business. And I learned along, the, along that journey, I'm not a fucking coach, nor do I ever want to be one. You know, but I found myself working with companies more in a marketing capacity. So I was going in focused on business development. So I, I wasn't teaching on the end, end, end game of how to have the sales conversations. Mm-hmm. I was focused more on how do you actually get into those conversations. Mm-hmm. So we were using tools and products and programs to help people get to that stage. And a lot of that shit we still use working with companies and the clients right now. But, you know, so success coaching really became focused more on the small business versus the bigger clientele. Give me your small solopreneurs, small business owners, and let's teach them how to have an actual business development process. And that's what ultimately became the start of Success Champions. Because the only other option was become a motivational speaker. And I'm I'm not cut out to be your motivational speaker. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I think you could be a motivational speaker in the right niche. <laughs> <laughs> the right niche for sure. You put yeah. me in the right room where people yeah. aren't sensitive and yeah. and can take it on the chin. I'd probably be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. So, 
How would you describe the difference between business development and sales? So fascinating question. And I think people get it wrong. Sales is simply the end portion of the entire process. So sales is where you actually get to a chance for somebody to tell you yes or no, right? And that's simply just a conversation between two people that can say yes or no. So it's a conversation with an outcome, right? That's sales. Business development is everything that you do to get you to that conversation. So it's the marketing, the networking, the cold calling, the social media, it's the speaking in front of rooms. It's all of those activities combined and understanding what works for your business, what you need, how to use it, and then using all of those strategies to get to that final conversation. See, people don't have a sales problem. 99% of people will tell you, if I can just get in front of the right person and have a conversation, I'm going to end up closing that deal and moving forward. I just can't get in front of enough conversations. And that's why I tell everybody, you don't have a sales problem. You have a fucking business development problem. You won't put in the fucking work to do the reach outs, the cold calls, the activities you need to, so you can get into enough actual conversations. I mean, most people, seriously, if they would start their day off doing simply, it's the stupidest thing in the world, 10 reach outs. That's all I want. 10 reach outs to people who can say yes or no to your business. Every day, seven days a week without miss, 10 reach outs to people who can say yes or no. They'll build the biggest, bigger company than they actually thought that they could because you can't help but do that daily activity every day without missing and stumble into people who will tell you yes. All right, man, let's do this. You just told me, so you just told me that your best podcast ever was a coach coaching you on some shit and you got real vulnerable. Let's go. I suck shit at selling, right? Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I'm literally in the middle of reconciling the idea that I had two people say yes via email saying we're on board a month ago and now a month later, they're still not my client. So I I know that I'm having an issue here, right? Like I have a calendar that's out until mid-April with appointments. And the more, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I don't know if I'm just talking to the wrong person. I don't know if I'm, I'm, if I'm talking about, you know, it, 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 you know, like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here, man. Yeah. It's really simple. So let's start here. Yeah. Who's the best client for you? Describe them. Like, like no him and Holland. Yeah. Who says yes. The best client for me is somebody with a sales team that has hit a plateau, right? That they know that they need to pull on another leveler to hit growth. They understand that in order to do that. All right, stop. Already too generic. Too generic. Got it. Okay. So so think about this. If if I needed to introduce you to the perfect client, yeah. you look at me and say, hey, I need you to find me a sales team that's plateaued. When does any ever company ever sit across from somebody else and go, dude, my sales team just plateaued? Those aren't words that people talk about out in the open very, very often. Yeah. Okay. So what you got to think about is when you're thinking about that ideal client, mm-hmm. how do you make it really fucking simple for me to go, I know exactly who you should be talking to. Okay. So what people forget about that whole client avatar yeah. is it's, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's for me. 
these are the words of my one client that is super, super happy with me, right? Like okay. I've been spending the last week just like picking his brain of like, cool. what brought you to me, man? You know what I'm saying? So on an external level, I know that he had decided because he had plateaued on this stuff, he knew that a couple of things. Number one, if people spent more time with his company, it would lead to more sales. But All right. So let's flip it because you're still staying there. So, so let's do this. What industry are they in? They are a turnkey rental income property investing company. Turnkey rental income investing property. Yeah. So could you duplicate this process with another investment property? Yeah, but then I'd be creating competitors for him, right? Like, so I'm, my thing is, or, or at least what I have thought in my head is that I can, I can duplicate this process across multiple verticals better than I can do it within industry because I don't want to create competitors using my same exact methodology. Okay. So if that's the case, I understand the logic. I think you're dumb in that regards. And I'm not calling you dumb. I think the thought process is. Yeah. And, and cause here's why. Yeah. What if you became known as the guy that could help any turnkey rental property company across the world yeah. become the best, right? You become known in that niche. It's a solid thing to think about, but I understand what the thought process is behind it. Mm-hmm. So if it's not going after the same industry, what's the most closely aligned, excuse me, industry that is similar to what they do? Man, I, t- to me, it's, and again, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm speaking from my own perspective, right? But like everything that I've, everything that I have implemented for these folks is what I see as the perfect solution for the person that has made all their business through being in every networking room possible, right? Philanthropic events, chamber of commerce, whatever. That still has- How big is your company? Huh? How big is your company? 150 million. $150 million company. Yeah. So 80 empl- 85 employees, $150 million company, right? So like I, I see- How many these- people do you know right now that are actively talking to CEOs, $150 million companies? And even a tougher question, if Probably you look out through- yeah, if you look at that Rolodex coming up of all these people you're fixing to talk to, yeah. how many of them are going to be talking to CEOs of 150 million dollar companies? That's what I'm saying. Not a lot of them, right? Like I've I've filled up I've filled up my my calendar with people that I know are not my clients, and that's and that's pretty clear okay. to me now. So I'm not going to bang on BNI, but you're doing the BNI style of networking. Yeah, and and what I mean by that is let's meet as many freaking people as possible. Yeah. In hopes that somebody of me opening up doors for the people in hopes that somebody will open up one door for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That model does work. But when you're going after the big boy sales like that, like going after a $150 million company, that's real sales. Yeah. Right? That's not transactional. That is big boy sales. Yeah. I'm, I'm a $90,000 a year product. Right. right? Like right. it's a long sales cycle. Doesn't have to be. Okay. You've chose to be a long sales cycle. So one of the things that I want you to think about is who's already got these companies that are $150 million as clients. Mm -hmm. So if you were to think of those three or four people that you know that, that have got it, what do they do for a living? You know, one of them, one, one of them is a CEO coach that plays at that level, right? He's the guy, he's the guy that's opened a couple doors for me already. Brilliant. How many other CEO coaches are you talking to? You know, that's the thing. I talk to a lot of coaches. I think, I think a lot of coaches call themselves CEO coaches, but this guy's the only one that's actually a CEO coach, right? Like, 
Cool. Yeah. Cool. I I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So what about Vistage, Tab, EO? Yeah. Not the people sitting around the tables per se, but the ones that are actually running the groups themselves. I love right? it. Yeah. Right. Those are the people you need to be hanging out with. Yeah. Because there's they've got people that aren't going to want to dive fully into their system that they need some place to push those people towards mm-hmm. so they have a good Rolodex. Mm-hmm. So one is going after these, these, these real coaches, okay? The other people that have opened a few doors, what do they do? I mean, my client's opening up a bunch of doors for me, right? Like they, like his, his, his IT company is a similar profile. They've hit a sales plateau. They're asking him for advice. And he's like, you got to do this. It's the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and they're still like hemming and hawing, right? So- because they see, I believe that they see one as a B2C thing while while they're a B2B thing. But I think this system works much better for B2B, right? Cool. How long you been chasing this one? Not very long for this one, right? But but my client has been telling them that they need to be doing this for a long time. I've only cool. been in contact with them for like about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Heart of heart, gut call, will this close? No bullshitting yourself. Man, yeah, I think in time it closes, man. Why time? Because there's something that because there's still a gap there, right? If you haven't started making, if you haven't decided that content is the move, and then started making your own content, so you felt the pain of having to come up with your own content, you know, at that point, then it becomes this like away from pain and into pleasure. Right now, I'm selling a lot of pleasure, not enough away from pain. To that, so there becomes a way to clean up your your avatar. Yeah. Is I'm looking for a 10 person sales team around $150 million company, right? 10 person sales team that is heavily focused on social content. They're trying to figure out this social game and everything out there. So who do you know, CEO coaches that has got their team putting out a crap ton of social content and do the social selling game, right? starts getting you a little bit more focused on who you're trying to get to. Yeah. But with this company with a gap, I would tell you to plant your feet because you've already told them it's okay to hem and haw. Hmm. Right? You've already told them that they can push this on for as long as they need to because it's not a priority. So I would get a little bit tougher, gentle, but get a little tougher with them and go, you know, We've been talking about this for three weeks. I kind of get the feeling you guys want to tell me no. You just don't want to hurt my feelings when moving forward in this. How's that feel? Yeah, that makes sense, man. But it's scary, right? Oh, yeah, it's terrifying, dude. I, I want to be <laughs> It should be, right? Because this, this is a big one sitting in a hopper. Nobody wants to tell no. But let me ask, do people through life get respected more for saying yes or more respected for saying no? They get more respected for saying no. So you got to put it on the table. Right now, there's no way to get to closure because it's not an option. The option right now is I can just keep sloughing this off. You got to get to a place where you get to closure on this. Okay. If you had a hundred more of these companies sitting behind this one that were lined up chomping at the bit to do business with you. Would this deal have taken three weeks? No, you're right. Like I, like I, 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 I get where you're going with it, right? Like, like in, in my head, 
You're right. You're 100 percent right. I need to. I need to be like, all right, man. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna peace out and stop being interested. Nah, don't don't say I'm gonna peace out. What? Gentle it up and go. Hey, this is where I'm at. We've been three weeks dancing it. Your buddy over here at this company has said we move forward. I get the feeling, and I love the phrase. I get the feeling because now it's just your emotional impact, right? Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that you've already made a decision. This is not gonna fit but you haven't told me because you don't want to hurt my feelings. Let them tell you no. Don't tell them no. Let them tell you no. Because what you're doing is you're pulling them into an adult conversation and not the stupid cat and mouse game. And that's all I'm trying to get to. I'm not trying to play a manipulation tactic. I'm trying to get to a real conversation. And a real conversation, like if this was your buddy and you were sitting at a bar You'd be like, look, dude, we've been chasing this shit for three weeks. Let's let's either decide we're going to do something or not. Let's quit fucking around with this. Yeah. And no is okay. And your buddy's going to be, if it's a no, your buddy's going to be like, yeah, dude, I just didn't want to hurt your feelings. Dude, we've been friends for a while now. Don't worry about hurting my feelings. Let's not turn this into me chasing you as a sales guy. Yeah. Let's have a real conversation. And you'll be amazed if more people would go for, I go back to sales is nothing more than a conversation. It just has to have an outcome. And the outcome is closure. When you things are just left open-ended, then both parties suffer because you've got no choice but to be a cheese dick salesperson that keeps going in there. Hey, I'm just checking in. Just want to see how things are going. All these bullshit tactics that you don't mean. You're not just checking in. You're trying to get them to say fucking yes or no. <laughs> right? But all the way through... We're using these little tiny tactics because we just don't want to step up and have a tough conversation. I love it, bro. I love it. I want to, I want to shift this back around more to you. Oh. This is really good advice, man. Like I, I really appreciate it. I wasn't going to go down that path, but I, <laughs> I absolutely really you get really me like on it. a soapbox though. And I'll run too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, Danny, you, you're telling me that these networking groups are killing. Tell me more about these networking groups that you started, man. Like what, what is, is this like, Sales coaching at scale, like what, 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 what makes it different? Talk to me. You know, here's the funny thing. If you would have told me in January of 2020 that one of my business lines, one of my companies would be networking groups, I'd have told you you were a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's the honest of God truth, man. I mean, I grew up in the BNIs, the chambers, the rotaries, you know, all those programs. Nothing wrong with those programs. I mean, they all serve a purpose and they're all big ass companies. They're just not my style of networking. So as I was leaving the sales training world, I built most of that business on the back of networking, mm-hmm. real networking, where I formed my own groups, not BNIs, not chain. I brought my own people together and we got very creative and made some massive business. So when the pandemic hit and what's funny about success champion networking is I had told another guy, I spoke at an event out in Dallas. And in literally of the end of 2019, I spoke at an event in Dallas. This guy was a financial advisor and he was looking to try and spread his wings and find out this next calling. Well, this event I spoke at, he had a ton of people show up and, and we went out to lunch and I'm like, dude, why doesn't this become your business? You could literally start these networking groups. People could pay you for it. So I literally told somebody else this business idea mm-hmm. six months before I did it. 
I mean, I laugh at myself now. I'm like, if I would just started back then, look how far I'd be now, you know, but when the pandemic hit, we were doing the Badass Business Summit and that was slated for April. And obviously that got postponed, remember. you know, and we had ended up doing it in September. But at that moment, I realized that the whole world was getting turned online. And I knew how much of a struggle it was for me to figure out how to do business online, Mr. Traditional Sales Guy, networking, cold calls. And then I, then for the last two and a half years prior to that point, I'd moved my business to 100% online, except for speaking engagements. Um, I did nothing in person. And I realized that the whole world was fixing to be on this two and a half year trajectory to go from, I don't know how to do business online to now my only way to do business is online. And I went to bed one night and I bolted out of bed 3.30 in the morning, scare the peel of hell out of my wife. She's like, what's the matter? What's the matter? I'm like, I just had a business idea because you do this all the time when you run your own company. You just get these wild hair ass ideas. And she's like, well, write that shit down and roll over, would you? <laughs> and I didn't. I actually got out and scribbled out and some notes and everything. But I wanted to create an, a networking group that fixed what everybody hated about networking. So, so what people hated about networking is one, if you really asked them, they hate the commutes, right? If you got to go to an event in town, you're 30, 45 minutes across town, hour meeting, 30, 45 minutes back, and you've lost half your freaking day to get to an event. And you're doing that four or five times a week. Some of your heavy networkers, you're putting some miles on. And that's a lot of freaking audiobooks to listen to. And you convince yourself that that's my time to get educated because I'm listening to these audiobooks when you're really just miserable staring at a damn windshield. The second thing I wanted is I wanted to find myself in a place where there wasn't multi-level marketing. There wasn't direct salespeople. So I wasn't walking into a place where people were just trying to sell me their lotions and potions and oil. I got nothing against those companies, right? But at the end of the day, I judged the caliber of a networking group by the people that was in the room. And, you know, so I wanted also a scenario where there was an educational component. You know, I wanted people to actually learn and grow. And then fourth, I didn't want to sit through a boring ass meeting. You know, if you go to a traditional networking meeting, everybody walked into a room. Somebody said, hi, this is what the group's about. You spent the next 30, 40 minutes going around the room doing these boring ass 60 second commercials with stupid fucking pointless jingles on the end of them. And then one person would give up and give this lousy, boring presentation on the history of their freaking company. Mm -hmm. Then they would sit and make fun of and lie about all the referrals and how much business they've done. And then the meeting would end. And they're like, okay, fill out your slips, you know, and that was, that was networking. And I did that. I bought into, you know, I bought into a whole, a whole methodology early on in my life, you know, in sales. And I wanted an environment that was built for this virtual world and no networking at that point was built virtually. So we launched a style where we run four different types of meetings. We turn the meetings into masterminds. We turn them into educational pieces. We'll take a meeting and right in the middle of it, stop the whole thing, put people into what we call virtual coffees, one-on-one. So you're forced to go sit across from another person and talk about how you open doors for each other. A lot of networking organizations, once you're a part of that, that network, that group, they don't want you a part of anything else. I need you a part of everything. I don't give a shit if you do Success Champions Networking and BNI, the chamber. I need you a part of all those because if you're out, not out meeting new people, you can't open doors for others. So to prove that, what we did is I didn't want you to do network just locally. 
I wanted you to be able to network with anybody in the world as part of the family. So every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central, we go live via Zoom and I teach everything that I've done for the last 25 years in sales, business development, coaching. I This month, you know, with 35 chapters, we're going through the book right now, Atomic Habits. I'm literally brought everybody together and we create a book lump book club for the for the month and which really is a cool way to read if you guys ever want to read a, a book a cool way read it knowing you got to teach it to a group of people you will read from a whole nother fucking perspective but we're doing that and and that's what why these things have taken off is we've just we've shaken up an industry that hasn't evolved since 1985 and that's why we've rapidly grown and and we continue to create and we continue to bring people to our world and we're not meant for everybody. Y'all hear how I talk, right? This is how I show up everywhere. Unless my grandmother would have walked through the room, but she's passed on many years. So that'd be scary as shit as she did. But, you know, <laughs> you know, but it comes down to is we want people that know that by letting their hair down, showing up as themselves, real connections, real business happens. And, and it, we've had a lot of fun building these. So thanks for asking about them. Uh, I love it, man. So what is your what is your business development program look for those? Like how did you structure that? So the first groups, <laughs> not well. The first groups I went to to champions, people that were into our brand, our story. I'm like, hey, guess what? You're starting a networking group. <laughs> and we I voluntold a lot of people early on. And it didn't work very well. I mean, it worked. We, we we ramped up. We scaled, but ultimately, without some sort of structure, there wasn't anything there. So, from where we started March twenty fourth of twenty twenty to where we are now, we're fixing to hit our one year anniversary with these things. We've absolutely involved and scaled and grown and become a proper organization. To where a couple times I've I've referred to myself as, "Hey, if you need help from corporate," and I'm like the hell is that? You know, <laughs> I didn't like the idea of being called corporate, but we have to, to put these structure and things in place, tons of training and everything else. So business development is we already had everything already pre-built to do all the business development. So we already had the podcast, we had the magazine, you know, we had uh, the badass business, some and other things. Yeah. So what was funny is in creating the groups, that's who attended the badass business summit or all the members of our networking groups. Right. So we had this kind of ready-made audience for it. And now we're launching a new podcast called Growth Mode, which I talked at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. And it's all for your small business owners that were looking to grow and scale their business, figure out the sales process. And me and Kevin Snow, my director of operations, who's an introverted guy, we sit down and we debate all things business development sales. So you got this very techie you know, guy who's introverted sitting across from me and we're hitting hard everything from how to network, how to not be an asshole, you know, all these different topics and, and, and really diving into it in these quick hit, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, you know, video podcasts that we're launching. So, and that's going to be the forefront for all the marketing. So what you just described to me. So listen, this is this is what I'm seeing happening on my Zoom screen in front of me. I got the ultimate business development guy, right? That like does what he does, preaching authenticity, which I love. <laughs> and when you go to build out a business development mechanism, I hear podcast, I hear magazine, and I see your event. I hear 
your way to grow and scale through business development is through content. Absolutely. How did you how did you how did you start to understand that that was what you needed to implement for business development? Ask how did you get to content for business development? Man, I've never been asked that before. It's a brilliant question, bud. I think, and I'm thinking out loud, so bear with me a second. But when I started the company Success Champions, I in my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas, a lot of people knew who I was, right? I was a sales trainer. I, I networked in the area for 14 years. So people knew me. And when I launched Success Champions, I really thought that that personal brand from Fort Worth was going to automatically show up with the rest of the world. And I quickly had a rude awakening knowing that nobody knew who the fuck I was. You know, in my hometown, they did. But outside of Fort Worth, Texas, nobody knew who I was. And that was wild. That was a, a pretty much a gut punch for me to realize that nobody. So, and I, of course, I'd listen to a lot of Gary Vee and a lot of other people out there. And I knew that these guys had built a brand by showing up and that I was going to have to duplicate some of what they did. And and love or hate Gary V, he taught me one fascinating thing. And what he said was, you know, you don't need to worry about creating content. You need to document your journey. And what was fascinating is I was starting to do that. But when my company went really south and things were really, really tough, I started sharing that stuff. And what was fascinating is the more I shared the ugly side of business, more people kept coming to the table and asking questions because nobody was sharing the ugly side. They were all sharing the, the you know, I, I started saying on podcasts that being an entrepreneur is a new multi-level marketing. You know, you sign up to be a business owner and now you're a millionaire tomorrow, you know, and that's just kind of how it felt for a lot of people were showing up with your Instagram millionaires and everything else. So I started sharing, you know, where I was screwing up and how I had no clue how to manage teams and my operations was shit and I sucked with money and and all those things. And more and more people kept coming through and asking cool questions and wanting to connect. And then, you know, I started showing up in t-shirts and ball caps because that's who I am. But, you know, for years, corporate Donnie, in button downs, combed hair, gel in the hair, you know, work acting the right way had started out showing up that way in my company. And when I went and said, screw it, I'm just going to be me, start taking people to the farm, wearing the t-shirts, the ball caps and everything else. And my world started showing up and I'm like, man, there's something here. And then the podcast came into play and my first real big speaking ha event happened. I did a nine city speaking tour in Ireland. Um, and I'm like, okay, there's something freaking here. This is working. How do we do this on scale? And, you know, I just started putting out more and more things and I'm still learning, you know, like today was the first time I ever put a video of my goat, my baby goats on LinkedIn and the people went nuts for it. And I'm like, LinkedIn's a business platform. What happens if you show your human side on it? And the comments have been hilarious. The people are like, oh, I'd like a set of those. I'm like, well, I'll sell you some. I mean, <laughs> you know, all the way through. So it's, it's for me, putting out content is the ultimate science experiment. And it's continually to learn what 
resonates with the people that I want to hang out with mm. and getting them to come and ask questions and engage and laugh, become friends. And, you know, if it works out, become clients, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's even going to the, my background setup. I got swords. I've got, you know, my Harry Potter stuff. I got Harry Potter tattoos. You know, I just want to hang out with the people that geek out on the same shit I do. And that just makes life so much more fun because now it's beyond business. We don't have to sit here and talk about, you know, everything we're doing. You and I, we talked about it a little bit before, you know, we can geek out on shit called NFTs and I don't know what the hell they fully are, but that's something that we almost currently, but it's that kind of stuff. You can find people that are in the same thing and it transcends a business conversation and business happens because you already have this cool connection and vibe. So that was a long answer, but that's how we got there. Yeah, it's going to be tough to pull that into like a two-minute golden nugget <laughs> purpose, but we'll figure. JP, you got your job cut off. <laughs> Listen, man, I I hear when I when I heard what as I'm like dissecting what you said, the first thing I hear is being able to speak to people not in your exact periphery, right? Like yeah. you you're in you're like in te- you're in like buttfuck texas right something like that yes, yes definitely buttfuck texas <laughs> <laughs> it's a big state and then you get a speaking engagement in ireland right so like yeah. like the like the reach of it i hear ability to be genuine more often because yeah. in content you can bring people into your farm and you can bring people in, in, into that type of stuff and and the ability to just show up like you were showing up in every networking room you're able to show up in multiple places at once through content right which is the same way that I got to it too right like I I also built a whole career based on being in every philanthropic event and every networking event and every you know whatever panel that 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 I could be at and trying to like meet as many people as possible the moment that you start making videos about yourself in all these different places and 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 be, and and I had the same arc right like I went from like trying to show up as stuffy oh, I'm 29 years old and I got to look like I'm 31 cuz that means some shit to 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 just being myself just showing up and be like what's up bro like what's going on right you know? right, like, right. To, to being that person in a room to then being in every room to then be like oh wait a minute if I can if I can just make content about it then I'm in every phone and every phone is yeah. in every room right yeah. so it, it, it's exactly that it's it's networking on scale networking on scale you know, I mean, because it's the same shit. I mean, come on. If you go to a networking event and you walk in and you're like, I do sales training. They're like, I don't give a shit. You know? Who cares? Who cares? Are you funny? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but if you go into a networking group and you're like, hey, what do you do for fun? Yeah. Why do you hang out? Mm-hmm. What movie did you see? You know, and, and you get to a personal connection of some sort, then a relationship forms and good shit happens. And we're just doing that on scale. That's what that's what makes this fun. Thank you. I got the audio bite that I really, really want. You just quoted, <laughs> quoted my website, right? Like, <laughs> online content is networking on stage. Well, the rest of the show was fucking worthless, but we got that. You're welcome. <laughs> that's so, far, so let's talk NFTs, bro. Let's throw this bitch away. <laughs> that's awesome. That's All right, man. Awesome. And, and NFTs. What do you? What do you? Th- what What's going on in your head with NFTs, man? So. I actually heard about NFTs a little before I think Gary V started talking about it. But, and so it was one of those things that a buddy of mine had said, Hey, have you checked out NFTs? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, blockchain. I'm like, shit. Cause I, I'm, I, I, it's just, it's just beyond me. Right. I just don't understand it. And there's a part of me that hears Bitcoin blockchain. I'm like, Oh fuck. That's some potions and lotions thing. Right. Yeah. And so I have a hard time trying to wrap my head around it, but 
Then Gary comes out, and now he's all freaking NFT, NFT. I'm like, shit. And then was it yesterday, day before yesterday, Beeple comes out and sells a freaking digital art piece, quote unquote, in air quotes, art piece for $69 million. Logan Paul is selling shit for two and three million. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So I heard a, a guy talk and it's either in a clubhouse room or somewhere. And he said, well, best way I can see NFTs used in the future was imagine that a rapper comes out and he creates a pi- private room group that you can take, mm-hmm. you can hang out in and get access to him but you buy it through this token. And once you buy that token, that token is unique to you. As that rapper gets clout and grows and becomes bigger, you bought that token. That token increases in value as the clout of that rapper. And I went, boom, how the fuck do I bring NFTs into Success Champions Networking? Right? Because we're only a year into this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could figure out how to do a membership base, like one whole chapter that was based on NFTs. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how to fucking do. I'm literally clueless and don't even know where to begin. Yeah. yeah. But if I could do that, their purchase to get that token eventually yeah. will be stupid cash. It would be an ultimate investment because the better they get, the more value that I create, they get more. Va- and it's a massive win for everybody that plays. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing is the power of these things. And I think I'm just still scratching the surface with that entire thought process. Yeah. Okay. I like, I like where you went. You took it a couple of steps further than, than the conversation I was initially thinking about. Right. Like to me, it's like your Louis Vuitton bag, a, a digital thing, right? So it's like a Louis Vuitton bag made in China is the same shit as the Louis Vuitton bag made in France, but whatever. Right. Like, so it's, it provides, it's, it's the ability to manufacture scarcity around something being produced, man. So now when you're talking, I'm thinking, there's got to be a direct intersectional. I, I love the idea of looking at NFTs as like employee ownership, kind of like, it's like the longer you stay in this yeah. company, the more epic we make this company, the the more this thing is going to be worth value. Because there is a direct play between this is the first time we're ever doing something. And at some point, what we just did is going to be an epic thing that everybody else does. And we started it together. Right. Right. So, so that makes sense in my head where I, you know, well, but to that portion, what I'm confused on is, does it have real value? Because the value increases, mm-hmm. but doesn't that value only pay out if you can sell it later? Correct. But there's only, the value will come in the idea that there's going to be demand for it to be sold later. And there's only a certain amount of people that have, have the that. piece, right? Like, right. so. so when I think about it, I think, when can I can I call up the person that did the fucking Tupac hologram and have it and 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 put Siri into into the Tupac hologram and have the first ever interview where I interview Gary V on a on a podcast and he's talking to a hologram and we're having a real life conversation with an AI bot the first time we ever publish an interview like that with a with a transcendent celebrity guy and then I take that long form YouTube you know, the long form piece is one NFT, but then there's also like the first time that Gary V laughed that, that would, that he was made to laugh by the AI. 
is a piece of NFT. The the one question that he talked about, you know, him him telling the the the, AI, the first time the AI tells him he he's got to hustle more, make more content. Right. That's an you know what I'm saying? Like like you gotta you gotta be able to provide some kind of like really unique experience that happened for the first time that is then gonna permeate culture. Like the first tweet, right? They just yeah. sold the first tweet ever, right? So like, it's like, what is that first tweet or what is that first 100 tweets? So yeah, if if, if success champions ends up becoming BNI, you know, like it ends up becoming this worldwide or fuck BNI. Nobody's fanatical about BNI. Let's say it ends up becoming Toastmasters. People fucking love Toastmasters, Well, right? I'll flip it. What happens when <clears throat> success champions networking yeah. ends up on business wars? So you have success champions networking versus BNI. Now that I'm totally fucking behind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. So what? So then so in reverse engineer NFT for me there. Well, it's it's clout, right? So so it's 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 a clout play because by the time that success champion networking is big enough to warrant that business war episode, yeah. yeah. Okay, then, I got then it. it's clout. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So agreed, right? But like I, I was comparing it to Toastmasters because Toastmasters is something people love, right? Like right. I, I don't know anybody that actually likes like you B and I, but like I know people like bond over being in Toastmasters and being a distinguished Toastmasters sure. or whatever, sure. right? So like. If if Success Champions ends up becoming ubiquitous in culture and has this raving, you know, like thirty years down the line, has like people that are like, oh, my grandfather was a to- was a was a Success Champion and I'm a Success Champion, and you and you happen to have like the the recorded calls from the first couple of from the first couple of Success Masters, and you create an NFTized yeah, version. So of that, like literally, and, and you sell was- it today for five hundred bucks a pop, right? You know, so saying the- that. In 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 thirty years, this thing's going to be five million bucks. Right. So so th- that thought process, we could literally, if I knew how to do it, make a a success champion founding member first year token yeah. that the members could buy as this is Correct. their their playing card, if you will. Yeah. Shows them their company, everything else. Yeah. I'm a founding member of Success yeah. Champions. Buy that for 500 bucks. Yeah, the I, value of that becomes a trading card down the road. Something along those lines. 100. Like, like, dude, if you could come up, if you could come up with the the night that Star Wars premiered, and you had an AMC movie ticket to Star Wars of that night, I'm sure you could sell that shit right now. Right. 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 So it's so it's the same thing. This is like, oh, this is my membership card from that day. It's a digital asset. It'll never go anywhere. But yeah, you you tie it to a blockchain. Okay. So if anybody's listening to the show and totally knows how to create NFTs, please reach out to me. Yeah. I want to figure this shit out. I'm I'm proactively looking at it because I'm fascinated with it. I think we're so early in the game that it's going to evolve and we're going to figure it out. But I, but I really, truly want to understand how we leverage this stuff. And, and I love the idea of a total win on both sides of the conversation. Yeah. So where us as a company will definitely win early on from a purchase. Yeah. The long run is massive upside on it, which is a cool idea. Yeah. I like it, man. I like it. All right. You ready? You ready for the lightning round? Yep, let's do it. Beep, 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 beep. All right. What is your favorite restaurant? Where is it? And what do you order? It's five minutes from my house. It's a little tiny Mexican hole in the wall restaurant. Uh, most of the staff barely speak English. They just got their liquor license and it's stocked with my liquor because I'm, of course, on a first name basis in there with everybody. And for me, it's it's simple. I'll either order the combo fajitas or I'm ordering nachos because 
as much money as I spent on there on food and soon to be liquor. They just pile the food on my plate. So it's, it's awesome by far El Torito. You strike me as an El Torito guy. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. What is your, you are a, you're a rum drinker. Yep. What's your favorite rum? Captain Morgan. That ain't blinking. Got a little captain in you. I got you. All right. What content are you most into right now? Like this could be what book you're reading that you're really into. It could be what podcast you're listening to the most. It could be the mm-hmm. Netflix and series du jour, but like, what is, what is the content that's coming into your brain these days? Um, well, I'm, of course I'm reading Atomic Habits right now, but I just got done and I did an interview with, so this was a, a fascinating thing. There's a guy named Sean Crane, Sean Michael Crane, but he wrote a book called Prison of Your Own. And the dude did five years in prison for a crime he didn't commit, uh, just wrong place, wrong time, and his life lessons on it. And he's now become a friend and and he's doing some some really cool things. But I literally found his book on Amazon, did something I'd never done before. I reached out to him on Instagram had a conversation, brought him on the podcast, and now we're friends and we're doing, and I'm actually helping him launch a podcast right now. So, so it's a cool thing. So great book, Prison of Your Own, Sean, yeah, Sean Michael Crane. Awesome. Dude, that is, by the way, that's one of those things that as a content creator and as a podcast host, it's so underrated. The ability to read a book and reach out to, and reach out to the author and make, like, I've, I've become friends with this dude, Robin Dreek, who wrote, he was like the head of behavioral analysis in the FBI. And he's wrote this book about how he like turned Russian spies into allies and like how you size up trust and how you create trust. And now he's my boy. Yeah. Well, the same thing, you know, and to, to continue kind of the name dropping game, because it's fun. Mike McCallowitz and I have become friends. You know, he wrote Profit Force first yeah. and, and, but same thing as he came on the show and he was on the cover of my magazine and, you know, every once in a while we're shooting text messages back and forth and stuff, you know, so it's, it's podcasting in general is just underrated as hell as far as being the ultimate networking tool. A hundred percent. The ultimate networking tool by, by a mile. What is something that you were sure about in your twenties that you no longer believe? Ooh, sure about in my 20s, I no longer believe. So, okay, for sure. That success was corporate buildings, big, fast cars, suits, and you had to be that guy. And I'm so not that guy. And actually, I know several women that were doing a hell of a lot better than I am in life, you know, financially and everything else. So, so... But yeah, early in my 20s, it was climb the corporate fucking ladder and that's how you won. And boy, I wish I would have started a business back then. Anybody says they don't have regrets, I think you're lying to yourself. I regret not starting a business in my 20s. (laughs) I feel you, man. What is your favorite piece of advice that you've ever received or like your go-to piece of advice that you'd like to give people? Go get punched in the face by life. Yes. And yeah. and for, for me, it comes from fucking Rocky Balboa. As dumb as it sounds, man, but you probably heard the sound clip. He's talking to his son and he's sitting there in the alleyway. He's like, look, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And for me, that was that was a warm thought on a fucking dark time and you know, running my business. And I'm like, dude, you're getting punched in the face. You think you might want to fucking duck? You know, <laughs> juke and move, take it on the chin and, and go, all right, what the hell am I learning here? How do I keep moving forward? So yeah, go get punched in the face by life. If it's comfortable, you're not living. Dude, as a guy, as a guy whose biggest obstacle in adulthood has been how easy my childhood was, I totally get it, man. <laughs> like, you know, I've literally just been 
looking for punches in the face for the last like 10 years. And finally I've been able to like get punched a couple of times in the last four and it's been huge, <laughs> right? Like it's been yeah. awesome, man. It's where growth comes from. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, man. I have like 37 links of shit to find you on that I'm going to link to here in, 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 in the podcast episode, right? Like your text, your book, your endless stream mm. of referrals, your success champions, networking. What, what's the number one place to connect with you right now, man? Fastest way to get me directly is DM me on any platform. So whatever platform you're comfortable on, look for Donnie Bovine. The one caveat is Instagram is Donnie.bovine. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the hell that happened, but every other platform is Donnie Bovine. Send me a fucking DM. Fastest way to get to me. I sit here all week long. I'm in doing podcast interviews, Zoom conversations, you know, from the farm. DM me, fastest way to get to me. And when he puts all the links and stuff in the show, freaking there's a ton of free giveaways, all kinds of shit. But yeah, fastest way to get to me, DM me anywhere. Awesome, man. Last question I ask everybody is where do you find community? With the champions. So the the smartest thing I ever did for my company was create a Facebook group. And that group has become family. I, I, so much so that if every morning, if I don't have a post out by 730, they're giving me hell. You know, and they're sending me DMs, is everything all right? Where you at? You know, and it's really become family. But it's been a place that's been a, I mean, I having that community has allowed me to realize that I've, I've not been alone on this journey. There's other people going through the same shit. And that's been a lot of fun to have. Having it all on Facebook scares the shit out of me because all it's going to take is Facebook to change one algorithm and the whole thing will be pointless. Uh, we're proactively trying to work on that, but, but, you know, I, I love, love hanging out there. Can I do something for you real quick? You can do whatever you'd like, Donnie. Guys, if you're listening to this damn thing and, and this video, this conversation, you got any value out of it whatsoever, like one tip, one thing that you can take with you on your journey, do me this, uh, the hugest favor in the world. Go tell somebody else how to subscribe to Pablo's show. Being a podcaster myself, man, I can tell you, we love the reviews. We love the reach outs, but those subscriptions is what gets us out to more and bigger audiences, man. He's putting out good content. I enjoyed the hell out of this conversation and I hope you guys did too. So, I mean, literally teaching somebody how to subscribe to his show is like you walked up and gave the dude a virtual hug. So, so do it. Tell at least one other person to subscribe to this thing. It'll mean everything to him. Donna, you're the man, bro. I, um, I'm so, you know, you're one of these relationships that have happened in 2020. That's like an online intro of an intro. I don't even know how the fuck we met, man, but like <laughs> just, just the, the, the amount of time I've spent with you versus the amount of affection I've been able to grow for you is, is extraordinary. And what you just showed right there is, is everything right. Like you're uh you might come across as this like swashbuckling pirate man, but you're a guy that's, <laughs> you're a guy that's here to serve, right? Like yeah, you're a totally. guy that adds value. Like every, every interaction I've had with you has been, I've received so much value out of it, man. And and I think that that the archetype of the hard dude that shows up in that way is really important for men in society, right? Like I, like I think, I think you are part of the solution because you cuss and because you're rough around the edges and because you're kind and generous yeah. and you show up like that and you got a big heart, man. So I, dude, I, I seriously appreciate that. That, and that. And that's a lot of it is, is, you know, this wasn't always me, you know, it should have been, 
but it wasn't always me. I mean, it took me, you know, a lot of years to quit trying to be somebody that I thought the world wanted to see and somebody that I want the world to show up. So, and a lot of it was starting a business, you know, because you meet yourself along the way. And I got to be honest, when I first met myself, I didn't like that dude. So there was some growing up that had to happen. And, and so, so, but same brother, it's always an amazing conversation with you. I really enjoy hanging out with you. I love your energy and vibe and there, don't worry, the shit's going to break loose for you. And, and, you know, someday we're going to be sitting on a stage together, you and I, and we're going to be talking about how we built our empires on the backs of networking. It's going to be cool. And I'm going to sell this NFT piece for a billion dollars. when that happens. <laughs> the key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website, because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.